keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with a, uh, a a bedridden Mike Lawrence. Mike, you feeling okay? I'm all right. You know, I uh, haven't gotten my, my COVID test back, but uh, if, if it is positive, then I will have the same immune system as the current AEW World Champion. <laughs> uh robert how you doing man how's the new gig uh i'm i'm doing fine um i i, I guess eventually i'll be like i'll be the only one on the show without covid that'll be my gimmick uh which is uh you know their worst gimmicks to have i've not yeah, i've yeah, not gotten it i've not confirmed it yet i just I, I have a fever i might not have COVID. i don't know Mel- melcher's already reporting you have it i and, never uh, have the trendiest thing robert <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yes, he has. He has. Uh, you have lupus. Yeah. Wait, what, what is who? Yeah, I saw something about like um, there's like a, a big COVID scare again in wrestling. What is that? It, uh, it's people get COVID all the time because it's rampant everywhere. Yeah. And now, you know, people care, have make the mistake of going and getting tested. So Hangman had it. A bunch of WWE guys had it, but they didn't say who. They just weren't on TV for a while. Like. It's kind of weird. Ray Mysterio has been off TV for several weeks and they haven't really mentioned him. Right. Uh, not that I'm saying Ray has COVID. He wears a mask, but um, <laughs> I, I, it, it's, nice pull, it's around. Nice it, it's, you know, people are getting it left and right. And it's thankfully lesser and lesser of an issue, but uh, you know, they still have to be somewhat cautious. And I have a feeling traveling long distances with COVID probably sucks, which is a reason why they're, they're just staying home. And I miss the days when the only disease Ray had was his son. Oh, <laughs> now I'm thinking of the creepy action figure. So thanks, Mike. <laughs> Look, I, I think Dominic is he's fine. He's the ultimate. He's fine. He's he's fine. But I'm scared. Eventually, you're going to have tiny Dominic and negative one in like an action figure match somewhere in Mike's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to be chained to his fucking basement. Don't, don't you worry, Robert. One's a build a figure, and the other is an exclusive uh, box set. I will not be getting those figures, probably. Wait, it's a build a figure, so there's just like pieces of Dominic that you yes. have to put together. That's so much creepier. <laughs> yeah. Someone walks That's in the kids' room. There's just a doll's head. Teddy Hart heard that and is like, "They can do that." <laughs> He's like, "It makes them more valuable." <laughs> hey, hey you Sergeant Slaughterhouse is in the house tonight. How you doing, Scott? What's up, guys? I'm good. Yourself. Teddy Hart has a build a girlfriend. <laughs> well, this is a quick. <laughs> this is instead of a ten count, instead of a five count, we have a Jersey triad count. So there's only three things we're talking about. But before we get to that, we have uh, 
We have a YouTube, we have an Instagram, we have a Facebook group. We have shirts you can buy. We have iTunes comments you can leave, live. You have five stars you can give us. All these things are possible through the magical power of the World Wide Web. If you're a pay- patron of Wrestle Roast, it is the best Patreon deal in wrestling Patreon history for, for a $5 tier. You get the roast of Michael Cole this Monday. It's going to be a blast, man. I'm going to have my jokes in there some way or the other, but it, it, it's been, I mean, those uh, those roasts we do for Patreon are, are often the best ones. Um, next week, we have a mystery topic. We haven't decided what we're doing yet. May 16th, we're off. May 23rd, <laughs> we're doing summer blockbuster special. This is COVID-19 Invasion starring Kevin Nash. May 30th, the roast of Enzo. June 6th, Hell in a Cell 2022. June 13th, off. June 20th, watch along. SmackDown, Robert wrote. So we're going to be watching along something uh, on SmackDown in 2005 that Robert was part of the creative team for. June 27th, we have a Forbidden Door pay-per-view. July 4th, The Roast of Sunny. Uh, July 11th, 11th, Roth. July 18th, Bash at the Beach, 1996. Watch along. Uh, well, actually, that's not watch along. We're just watching that. My bad. Uh, July 25th, Wrestling Video Game Special. We're going to be talking about our favorite wrestling games in video game history and august 1st the roast that i'm looking forward to more than well at least since the lawrence taylor roast the roast of marty Jannetty. man we got a we got a lot of show coming up guys i hope you all wrote that down there's going to be a quiz at the end uh that's how geez it's almost like someone that schedules our show has something with his brain that makes him feel the need to schedule that much detail (laughs) yes it's called a uh mental disorder um passion right. for pro wrestling yeah it's called yeah, it's yeah. called virgil's disease it's called oh we know Be- why you're Mike, being being poor is not a disease <laughs> <laughs> oh man tell that to fdr he would have set our country straight all right let's get to uh our first of three topics. I love the fact that there are so many people right now that thought you said FTR. And they're like, <laughs> what do they have about, you know, poverty? I wonder what the overlap of FTR and FTR fans. I think I may be one of five. Uh, <laughs> premium current, we're going to be doing uh, premium current events, which is Robert's segment. Robert, what do you want to talk about in the modern world of wrestling? So here's what's here's what's fantastic for those of you that are on the Something to Sports Entertainment with Tier. When I recorded Raw on Monday, I invented a fictional argument between me and Mike Lawrence. And sure enough, without him even knowing this or listening to it, texted this exact argument because we are that clairvoyant as a group. Uh, on Raw on Monday, uh, the illustrious, the grand, the great Cody Rhodes, who I have never once said a bad thing about on this show because uh, he's fantastic, competed in an eight-man tag in the main event of Monday Night Raw. And certain people on the show, I hypothesized, would think this is diminishing the importance, the majesty of the return of Cody Rhodes. I may have done a voice as Mike Lawrence on this. Uh, so this is another plug. Go listen to something in sports entertainment with here. And then sure enough, we got a text from Mike saying, uh, I think Cody feels less important because he is competing every week on Raw and what do you guys think? That feels like a good uh, premium current event topic for us to to kind of talk about here. So, so Mike, you're the you're the one that raised the uh, the, the banner for the American Nightmares uh, issue here. Why don't you uh, Why don't you lay out your position? Yeah, I feel like okay. First off, like uh, the the surprise 
let's do it chronologically, right? So the, the, the surprise was great. The promo was was Cody, but it, it worked for what it was. It at least it at least told you you are gonna get a same level of, of character and and quality or lack thereof. <laughs> right? Like but it's basically that promo was like we did not change a fucking thing about this guy. Then you have him in a match with the Miz and a Miz talk show segment, right? Then then he's in a match with Kevin Owens. And, and these are all possible uh, premium live event matches, but, you know, you just put them on TV. And then you have him in an eight-man with Ezekiel is the most egregious thing, but an eight-man with Ezekiel and one eight-man. You're wrong about that, first off, but keep going. Eight, eight mans uh, diminish everybody in them for the most part. Uh, I, I'm never gonna like them. I, wait, wait, wait. I've 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 been in a room with Dan where he like hasn't defended a friend, and then he's like, "Hold on, Ezekiel, what? What did you say?" <laughs> I know. You don't and know Ezekiel, Ezekiel so like I worse, do. But... I hang out with him Monday, eight to eleven, oh five. No, but it, it's like. <laughs> yeah, you put him in a an eight like there used to be a show that was nothing but eight mans, and it was called Survivor Series because it was a special one time a year thing, and now they just do it all the fucking time. And get off makes, my lawn! But it makes Wait, everybody it in it. it was an elimination match. No, it was it just wasn't. an eight man tag. Ah. But it makes everyone less than by being in it, and and his first uh, his next pay per view match is going to be against Seth again. So it just uh, all I was saying was. If he did this for the money, then great. But I don't think that he is getting much more creative than he was in, in AEW. So I, I feel I, like he's already just another guy, which WWE has an amazing track record of taking something special and making it commonplace and not special, i.e. Ricochet. And that's what they want for, for Cody, though. I think the problem is... Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar. I think he's the last attraction you're ever going to have in professional wrestling as a guy who just by the default of him wrestling becomes an event in the same way. Mike Tyson is that way. Roman has slowly become the, the guy that you don't really see wrestle. He's the champion. It's a little bit of a heel thing for Cody. He's the first, it's the first time in a very long time. They have a main event babyface who is over as a baby face in an, in an unironic way, but at the same time, and I know Scott's going to have a conniption fit when I say it, there are casual fans, i.e. WWE fans, i.e. children who buy t-shirts and toys and all that other stuff who may not really know who Cody is. They know that he's a big deal because he was a surprise. So you have to put him in there every week. And I like that he's getting back to the idea that you are a main event baby face who wrestles every week and appears every week in the same way Cena was or Rock and Austin were during the Attitude Era, as opposed to, hey, great, Cody's here, and he's only going to wrestle once a, once a quarter. So it's, it, I get what you're, you're, you're saying about him potentially not being as special, but I don't think he wants to come in as a special attraction. He wants to come in as the John Cena, as the Steve Austin, as the week-in, week-out I'm your guy at the top and I'm going to carry the show. And it's kind of refreshing in a way, because he could very easily have pulled the, I want a lighter schedule. I mean, he's wrestling house shows in the middle of nowhere uh, in, in like Arkansas, beautiful Arkansas. If any of you are there, it's, it's just, it's one of the 50 best States we got, but I'm glad that he's coming in and has this sort of selfless attitude where 
he's going to feel ingrained and he'll feel like a day in day out player who will earn his, his title shot. Also, he should be a day in and day out player because he's not special enough to show up randomly. Um, almost no one is. There's like two people that are, and sometimes those people show up and they get booed depending on the, the year and the mood of everybody. Uh, Cena has been booed when he's returned. The rock was definitely booed at times when he was, re- when he returned. Um, I think they're doing fine with Cody it, in that Mike's issue is, is just an issue across the board. It's not, Oh, they're using him too much. Oh, he's in an eight man. It's like, no, raw has eight mans and that's fine. It's just that nothing is special. It's that everything's going to end with some horse shit. And he, well, he may have ended with Owens uh, a week ago. And I think that's great. I love having him fight Owens. Uh, I think Owens is, you know, top three biggest stars in the company right now, especially uh, off of the Austin match. And so you get to have that match and that's exciting, but then there's no finish and you go, Oh, it doesn't matter. And then you watch an eight man and an eight man finish never matters. So, so the eight man did kind of make sense in that raw, the, at least the opening of raw was one of the best openings of raw that there've been in years. It was the first time in a very long time. It felt like the attitude era where it was the, the celebration of Orton's 20th anniversary. And then it progressed forward where you're bringing different people in, including Ezekiel, who is the best thing on television by far. He now has tassels like Malibu Stacy wearing a hat. They've really upgraded this guy's <laughs> character, uh, but it, it was fun. And they just pulled in a bunch of goofy storylines and then they're like, all right, we're going to make this into an eight man tag, which is the epitome of lazy booking. But it was a fun main event match uh, that at least tied together a bunch of different random storylines thrown together. Uh, and, and having Cody in there in the mix did kind of elevate it, make it feel a little bit more special than normal. Uh, well, will yeah, that so, you fade? Know, yeah. And, and in their heads, it's these are our top faces versus our top heel in a moment, kind of, you know, the match was really paying tribute to Orton. You know, really, it was just let Orton get his stuff in and kind of let's have a party. I remember I went to a Madison Square Garden show when I was a kid and the main event was an eight man tag. And I was a little bummed out because you don't get to see a great match. But their idea is you get to see everybody and you get to see everybody interact. And that's like a thing kids care about, you know, like, whoa, this guy saw this guy. Uh, you know, like they, they shared a ring together. They're, they might be friends, but it works because it's for kids. So I, I like everything they've done with Cody so far in that I don't like any of it anyway. Uh, and they're hitting the mark with everything. They absolutely are. Yeah, Dude, I mean, the I, entrance I, is like epic as I mean, he's got the best entrance out of every I, at least the most pyro right to the point where it's it's like a, it's like a bit. Yeah, the pyro feels very heelish. Like it goes on. Well, he, I mean, he, his name is the American Nightmare. He's obviously going to go. And maybe we can even talk about where he can go from here, where you think he's going to go from here. Because I think that's also what's most important. He just showed up and it's like, he's on the show. He's ending the show. He ended, what, he ended every night uh, of Raw since Mania, right? Am I wrong about that? No, you, you can't argue that this was a good move for him. You know, well, I mean, no, no, no. I'm not. Well, no, it was a good move for Cody. You're right. No, no, that's how, you can't argue Cody. that it wasn't. That's yeah, no, right. you're right. Well, no, I was going to argue, but you're right. Scott, the biggest challenge they have is we're in April and they need a way to keep him away from Roman until January at the earliest. And just no, look at this. We almost summer, got man. Brandy fighting summer. Paige Van Zandt on top of a ladder last night. 
No, Dan, they, they, they need to keep Cody needs to win the title at mania next year, most likely by winning oh. the rumble. And yeah, I think they, they're going to, they, oh, they're, they, they're going to do the rock Roman shit, man. They're, they're so they sold on this. I don't know if they can get rock Roman. If they can't get rock Roman in the ring, I think Cody is the fail safe because he's the only guy in the company who cares about being champion and talks about it and could be champion. They've got enough guys in between to feed the Roman reigns between May and, and December to, to stretch things out a little bit, but it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see them, them try to uh, try to make that work. Or, or he goes to SmackDown and feuds with Butch. Well, Uh, that's, I mean, you're giving away a major, you know, yeah. main event right there. Butch That's is huge. That's a main event. By the way, Butch is going to work, and I'm going to laugh when it when it does because it's the it's already kind of working in a weird. It's the goofy the fact that he like runs away and gets into stuff like it's like he was a normal human being on NXT, and then when they call him up, he's now like brain damaged, and he just runs around like a like a he's crazy like, animal. Uh, he's white Reggie, man. I'm a, I'm a fan of Butch. I like Butch. Yeah, and it's better for Pete Dunn than if he was just the guy who goes there and wrestles and bites on a title. Like, well, Vince is no, get look, tired look they that. have they get to decide everything. Like, they could make him an unstoppable fucking guy who breaks everybody's fingers, and he's this tough. Uh, you, you could, but he's you know short, bar fighting Scott. guy. Yeah, but he's well, short. there's that. He's short, and so you have to make him like, uh, you know, run in place quickly before he takes off and runs, you know? Because <laughs> you can't just take a good wrestler and put him out there with a compelling story. Because if you're in, let's say, I don't know, Knoxville, Tennessee, and you bring back Mustafa Ali, who should have been like the conquering hero baby face, and that audience was fucking silent for this dude. It was like the justification of why Vince didn't use him all along, and that sucked. And I felt terrible for him it was going to be one of my low spots may as well just you know bring it up you know now. what the problem the problem is that he waited he did all that shit like a month or two ago like or, or a couple months ago where he's like i'm ready to wrestle i can go somewhere else if he had done that closer to his re re-emergence i think he would have been over but you know i want to i want to just uh, apologize to our fans for suggesting this topic uh, I did not realize we would uh, get this much into modern WWE. I'm sorry. Yeah, that that is a that is a downside. We're 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 sorry. Uh, well, for, hey, wait, I who are we just complimenting? Because my... I feel like I had compliments for them. Mustafa Ali. Oh yeah, he's I, I... he's the best man. And 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 they should have let him go. That's the real issue. It's just why is he even on television at all? He does not want to be there. As he opposed would, to everybody else who wants to be there, <laughs> he would be at he would definitely be at Swerve's house right now if it was in AEW. Whose house? Uh, Swerve's house, uh, which is only which is only open from ten to eleven on Friday nights. <laughs> Before we get to Dynamite, I, I just wanted to add in. I, I think that the argument that Mike is he's making like a different argument than he than you think you're making, Mike. Like. I think that the which is this is a totally valid argument, which is there should just be less wrestling so things feel more special, you know. Like, so Kevin Owens, we wait for a couple months for that instead of it happening the next week. But unfortunately, you know, they have so many fucking hours to fill every week, and there's just you can't hot shot everything. Yeah, so I, mean, like, I think the, the big argument I was making was to give him this mega push that was very successful in that first week. So then it feeling like you immediately fast forwarded six months is a downside. He did not feel as special the second week as he did the first, but 
I mean, you know, Scott said like barely anyone special. What what I don't get is why don't they try the Brock thing with somebody else? Because it obviously works. Well, yeah, but that's not right for the Cody character. No. I mean, for sure, for sure, you're right. Like, they could do it with somebody else. So I, the Brock thing know. only works because, in Vince's mind, Brock is mainstream famous. Whereas if you try to do it with one of their guys, they're going to forget about them. Like, in his world, if you're not on TV three weeks in a row, you no longer exist. Whereas in, in Tony Khan world, you could be off TV for 11 months, but we expect you to have an encyclopedic knowledge of the last time they wrestled and who they faced. All right, let's talk about the return of Pac, everybody. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> they expect Excalibur to have that knowledge and to <laughs> relay it to us. And he and he often does. Yeah, let's get to Dynamite or Dud. Hour one, uh, FTR versus FDR, Cat, Dax versus Cash, CM Punk promo, Scorpio Sky backstage promo, uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus The Factory, Tony Storm, Britt, and Jamie Hayter backstage, Jurassic uh, promo, uh, Jurassic Express promo with a with a with a hint of a Christian heel turn interrupted by Team Taz and a Jericho Appreciation Society meeting. What did you think of this first hour, Scott? It was really great. Genuinely. I love this first hour. Can't complain about it. That opening match was a blast. I do like that they came out with each other. I, for some reason, wasn't expecting that. I thought it was a nice touch. Uh, I haven't seen it before. I'm sure someone has done it before. Robert, Dan, can you vouch for that, Mike? I don't know. Thought it was really cool. Thought it was a really fun match. Uh, nice it. tribute. Made the own tournament feel special. Punk on commentary saying, you know, he wanted to be a part of the tournament too. Made it feel special. Punk's promo after I thought was really good, especially considering, I guess, Paige was gonna be there. They had to rewrite some shit. Uh, he got COVID, but I thought Punk did a great job. Immediately following that was Blackpool, right? Uh, Combat Club. I thought that match was a lot of fun. What was after that, Dan? Um, there was uh, the women backstage, Jurassic Express, a lot of promos. And then yeah, our, our promos are all match. a little wonky. Um, I mean, also, most. this is this has been the show the last couple of weeks. You open with CM Punk, <laughs> then you have a Blackpool <laughs> segment, <laughs> and then you have a Wardlow match. This is <laughs> they are they have turned the whole show into 925. Mm. Well, I thought it was very good, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then that Jericho appreciation segment, man, I thought it was so fucking bad. And I was so irritated because the show was so good thus far. And then Eddie, man, sucked me in. Woo. I don't know, man. I don't think he could even save it. I mean, that was my only thing where, Oh, I thought he was great. And I thought the fire backstage later on was a blast. This has to end because he was like, he was like the hit on you is it dude. He's, this needs to end with Chris Jericho selling a gunshot to the stomach. Like he needs to hold his stomach <laughs> and scream in pain. This is insane. What's happening? Well, that'll just that'll just be cirrhosis. But um, <laughs> that that's uh, that's fucking hilarious. I no, I, I love know, the man. first hour. Jericho Appreciation Societies. Look, I, I understand it's a noble. Like when we first saw it happen, I was like, oh, this is awesome, and uh, and because it is a novel idea for for AEW, but. The execution, man, it's just it's just coming off as bad comedy right now. Oh, yeah, I think the execution is bad. Yeah, but really, this worked. I mean, there's still some funny stuff, you know, like because of it, you know, it's like any sketch, even if the sketch sucks, maybe there's like a joke or two in there. 
that work, but I don't know. I just don't know if it works as a whole. Anybody else? Yeah. Um, no, the opening match was great. I, I feel like if they started the Owen stuff with this, it would have made everything mean more because, you know, like one of your first Owen matches was just the Samoa Joe squash. This was like, these guys are wrestling for this thing. And it really did elevate the concept of everything. You know, punk on commentary helped, but no, I mean, these guys are great. Uh, you know, Stewie with a mustache one, uh, which is great. Uh, you know, the, the, the Blackpool stuff, it's like insert random trio, you know, squash guys here. And I mean, it is amazing to have somebody that looks as intimidating as Nick Camarado and he is meaningless. It's Dude, like it's, that. it's a little bit. I thought they sold too much for him, actually. I was like, this should have been less competitive. Yeah, well, and that, um, here's why every move I saw turned into another move that made them hurt more, if that makes any sense. So, oh, yeah. you know, like someone would nail a move on the other team and you go shit. Then they go to the top rope and they'd immediately be shut down. Like there was no momentum for the team. It was just like an excuse for the other guys to either reverse their shit or come back even stronger immediately. No, and then it ended in an orgy of submissions. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Like, like a big born. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, the, the, the Wardlow Archer, you know, Archer sucks. There's, there's nothing you could do to make him work. Uh, he's such a loser. And then, um, I would say the Jericho stuff. Yeah, man. It's like this, this is, you know, Jericho does this thing, right? He did it with uh, the pinnacle and uh, like the feuds are just too long, but they're not justified, you know? And, and I feel like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna give credit to Garcia for trying. I thought that he genuinely tried. I thought he was the most charismatic he'd ever been on the mic. Um, you know, I, I'd give him uh 10 Yudas. He was as charismatic as, as 10 Wheeler Yudas. Wheeler just, was oh, great last night, though. But he has no charisma, he can't talk. And then he has uh, charisma in the ring for sure. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. So you gotta talk also. And then um, <laughs> but I think Lee and Parker suck because Lee and Parker take all the tension out of any segment. They they over talk too much and they're just not believable as threats. And they're not I supposed think- to be a believable threat, they're like a Abbott and Costello, Rosencrantz Gildenstern, just a comedic. Yeah, but I saw I still have to watch them wrestle. And they don't wrestle like goofs. They wrestle like everyone else wrestles. I I don't I don't mind it so much just because there is some personality to it. It's just I feel like there could be more variety there. And I I agree with you, Dan. This was one of the first times Kingston didn't feel special to me. I think he really tried. I just think there was so much going on, and I think Kingston works best the less people there are in the ring. You know, like you look at like the Kingston Punk segment. The yeah, Kingsman, I agree with that. Jericho segment, the Moxley thing. He's such like um, a visceral performer that when you have it crowded with with goofs, it kind of makes it less than. I just I just feel like I'm ready for the, this whole thing to be over. I'm not excited to watch the blow off on pay per view, but I am excited to just watch it blow off <laughs> and end. I mean, and I also think you have something really really special with Santana because I think that guy is incredible on the mic, but um, not not to the level of Kingston, but I, I'd say, you know, he's like half that, but, you know, Kingston's one of the best. So 
I think you could really do something with Santana as a single star. I actually loved Lance Archer and Wardle. I forgot to mention that in the first hour, but Robert, what did you think of, uh, I just thought it was better than I, but I, 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 I think it was hour one. It was, it was technically competent is the, is, is like, the, there was nothing that I watched and I'm like, this is really terrible until that Jericho thing, but there wasn't a ton. I, I just feel like dynamite's falling into a pattern. Like it is almost like the feeling I get when I'm watching raw. It's, it's very formulaic. Um, and it's not always in a good way. I like the cash and Dax match quite a bit. I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, what's kind of a bummer is the fact that Bret Hart's not going to be involved with these guys or the Owen Hart tournament, uh, since he has now signed some deal with WWE. So that was where I felt this was going and where they were teasing that it was going to involve him in some way. And now it won't, uh, the punk on commentary was entertaining. He, he always is like, Oh, that's the one we call the guy with the hair and the other guy's the bald guy. And then his, his promo about hangman was far more compelling than anything that would have happened. If hangman would have actually come out there, this idea of, you know, can I still do this? Yes, I can. I'm connecting with the crowd. All that worked. And it was unfortunate. You go from the charisma of CM punk to Scorpio sky doing a promo in the back. And you're just like, Oh, one of these things is not like the other. Uh, the the was his best promo in a while. It, what, but you can't put him right after Punk. Like it's yeah. you're not doing him any favors putting him after that guy. Uh, Blackpool. Look, it was a big thrill to see one of the best wrestlers in the world, QT Marshall, in there with Brian Danielson. Um, so that was fine. Yuta was insanely over. I, I know, I know he went to Villanova so, and the crowd liked him, but he's, he's so connected. not boring in the ring. He's, so he's not, not boring in the ring and he's a sympathetic baby face. I know he can't talk and that's okay because it's not like he's going to be a main eventer, Mike. He's, he's going to be a steamboat level kind of guy where you can put him in there and he can deliver. And the audience is going to make up for the fact that He's not the most eloquent person in the world. The Jamie Britt Tony thing was dumb because they did the exact same segment on Rampage and then just forgot that they did it on Rampage because Tony's coke out. Tony's brain. lost what's special about her, man. I don't know what it is. Maybe With the Tony, last couple yeah. of weeks. It, Tony you gotta, Storm. You got to you, you can't put Tony in like this felt very WWE in the way they were yeah. talking, um, yeah. which it's doesn't just, do her any so favors. Awesome on the next UK. Uh, Archer and Wardlow, um, MJF has all the heat. It was good. I like. I still like the thing of Wardlow coming out in the handcuffs without the music. So you can hear the crowd cheering. Max's line about uh, you know Philly girls birth control as their personalities was funny. I don't love uh, doing the powerbomb symphony to Archer unless he's done, because that dude is now deader than dead. Uh, he's the big giant unstoppable monster who got beat. And then beat decisively because he ate like four power bombs, and it sucks because there's not a lot of guys that tall and that special. So if this is the end of his contract, awesome. But if you're going to try to rehabilitate this dude again, not not a great idea. Though Wardlow was moving really fast, which is great. This guy is going to be a star. Uh, that Jericho thing, it sucked. Uh, it's like they, in order to escalate it, it's like Eddie Kingston's basically like, I'm going to murder you. But it's tough because he's going to murder a comedy act like 2.0 or J.C. Ice and Wolfie D from the Nation of Domination. Like they're not at all threats, so they shouldn't be. I, I hear they're the newest members of ad-free shows. Oh, well, in that case, they're fantastic. We love them. <laughs> Welcome, guys. You, you're you're the best. Uh, and yeah, Eddie Kingston right now has a more interesting feud with CM Punk. Like when Punk mentioned Eddie and the crowd booed, it's like th there's still more entertainment there than in this Jericho thing. 
there's just there's not a lot of storylines in AEW right now that have any kind of heat or excitement whatsoever. They're all fine. They all make sense. But it's feeling more and more like I'm watching a, a, a WWE product where there's just nothing, you know, fuego about any of these feuds. Whoa. Well, let's get to the second hour, because I think there is something fuego going on. <laughs> hour two. Well, I also want to want to say this just did. I looked at the AEW uh, power rankings. They mm. got rid of the numbers. So they still have one through five of each, but they no longer have wins and losses. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that, yeah. I think that's that's a over that's that's a, a correction long in the making. All yep. right, hour two. Um, we'll stay on Scott for this, but I'll, I'll just give you a recap of what happened. Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida in a Philly street fight. Uh, the House of Black and Death Triangle segment uh, with uh, Extra Fuego del Sol. Undisputed Elite versus uh, Pillman and all those guys <laughs> like just the goober squad i didn't watch that match sorry the 24 7 title crew and our main event main event uh sammy versus scorpio for the uh tnt championship and most importantly next week we get big cast you can't teach that scott what did you think of the second hour oh the second hour was fun i did not think it was as good as the first hour but it was cool. Everybody made me care about the matches. I, the only match I really cared about going into tonight was the FTR match. Every other match was like, okay, cool, it's happening. And I got into every single match, uh, even the Sheeta match, man. I liked the, uh, the powder. Uh, my dad Notice told Tony. Me- <laughs> yes. Um, my dad told me that his grandmother used to take him to wrestling matches in, uh, in Patterson, New Jersey. And that she would throw uh, powder in guys' faces when they... Wait, in you know, Paris and New Jersey? Patterson, New Jersey. Oh, I thought you said Paris and New Jersey. Like <laughs> oh, yeah, she was a traveling, uh, yeah, traveling yeah. act of throwing shit at wrestlers. She, and, she, uh, she saw Andre the Giant in his first matches. <laughs> and I, uh, I just got a kick out of that. I got a kick out of the she's blind thing. It's just fun. And I think Deeb versus Thunder Rosa is a really fun women's match in AEW, and how many times do we get to say that uh, i thought true. the super elite match was a lot of fun i guess what they're going to keep extending it because kenny ain't coming back anytime soon that's what i'm assuming they're figuring out right now yeah uh, I, I, don't, I definitely don't think he's going to be back double for double or nothing, or nothing. And, yeah yeah so that's cool interested in where it's going i thought it was you, a fun match they're always fun i mean the bucks make everybody look so good i'm watching a, a, a goddamn brock anderson match and it's fun. So that yeah. was impressive. And then the main event, man, I was not looking forward to this main event. I hated the fact that it was a goddamn ladder match. We just had a ladder match. I think the TNT title has been an absolute mess. Uh, and then the crowd was just so good. And the match got good. Like, again, I'll say it every time a ladder match happens. I don't like ladder matches. I like spots in ladder matches because that's all ladder matches are. They're just some cool spots. Like, you can't have a cohesive la- – like, nothing is fluid about a ladder match. There's so many starts and stops and stalls and position this there and get that there, and there's always at least five fuck-ups. And this maybe had four fuck-ups, so I thought it was good. I think Sammy is, like, maybe one of the best ever to do ladder matches. He's damn good. Damn and I thought it was great, great, and I thought Scorpio looked awesome and – it was just pandemonium, especially the last few minutes with Paige Van Zandt and shit. I just thought it all worked so well. 
and the crowd was so on fire. And, you know, I guess we'll see where it goes with Scorpio. But for that night, he felt important. Do I think he's going to feel important next, next week? Probably not. But because the crowd hated Sammy so much, Scorpio was like fucking Rocky or something, you know? Uh, what did you think about this uh, second hour, Mike and Robert? I thought that, uh, you know, it was okay. I mean, you know, it's everything we've seen. Uh, the... I couldn't tell you how many times Deeb and Sheeta have wrestled, but I'm sure it's way less than it actually is. It just uh, five, five, five. Holy fuck! Uh, yeah. Holy Sheeta. And it does not. Yeah, it, it's it's like it's like they forget they're mad at each other, and then they remember. Oh yeah, I don't like you. Still, let's have another match. Um, the House of Black stuff was bad. Uh, oh my god, I thought it was fantastic. That's what I forgot to mention, dude. That's how fantastic it was. Scott. Did you think you thought it was Alex Albertantes in the ring? Didn't did you not? No. Oh, I did. I didn't care I, either I way because I don't care about it. Mike hates magic. This motherfucker too too much going on in his brain to enjoy a magic trick. This this segment was fantastic. It was a magic trick. If you didn't like it, you shouldn't be watching pro wrestling. Motherfucker, <laughs> I watched Seriously. all of Shin, I watched all of Shinlin's season of America's Got Talent, and then I watched the entire season of World's Got Talent just to see him win again. I love magic. I love my goodness. Magicians. This was I so funny. I love Penn and Teller. This sucked. Um, I watched every episode of Fool Us. This sucked. Oh my gosh! Keep going, please, Mike. Explain how the segment's bad because you like magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said I thought it was bad because I know because I'm being funny. <laughs> I've seen. I, look, I've seen Fantasio wrestle, or I've watched him wrestle, and Alistair Black is no Fantasio. Well, okay, this is what I'll say. None of these. Well, I mean, it's the recurring theme. None of these guys feel special. Like, I feel like Pac has had more returns. Than he's had matches, like every every. Yeah, I know it's 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 the problem with, and and this is the truth. So I'm not I'm not going to do it sarcastically. Um, (laughs) No, really, really, because it is the truth. I could have done it sarcastically, but it it is a company doing the things that we can like. We hate WWE because these people have to fucking live here in Florida and they can never go home. And Pac just gets to go home whenever he wants, uh, and he wants to go home often. And so they let him and guys want to be with their families and they let him. And then it's like, why the fuck is this guy not here? And it's like, oh, his wife had a cyst and, and they were worried. And, you know, like, it's like real shit. It's like, it's amazing. I get it, it's but it's cool like, they never company. explain it. They make it seem like a big deal, but he's, you know, look, like, I know I talked about the Cody thing. And so you could use this as a counterpoint, but Brock is on TV more than Pac is, you know? And it's like, Brock's, n- I mean, <clears throat> Pac isn't there enough for me to be sad when he's gone. They never wrote Fuego out of the Sammy Guevara stuff. So now he's just with these guys. Okay. Um, he's a luchador. He's got a luchador mask. I just don't find this back and forth. Uh, this is the most WWE shit on this show is the, is the Sammy Scorpio trading titles back and forth. I think, I think that this, this uh, TNT title is dead in the water itself, man. I don't think it's felt like the you know it should feel like the second most important thing on the show i don't feel it's felt like that since miro held it who oh i agree i agree miro who, who also will actually get less of a big deal return than Pac. but um it's just the, the the back and forth with these guys and 
And it's just... I get it that they're going to boo Sammy and Ty more than Dan Lambert, but at the same time, you are never going to truly be beloved with Dan Lambert. You're just the lesser heel. And I feel like if they actually want to push Scorpio off into some kind of singles thing or make him feel important, he has to leave this faction because I think it's death for him right now. I agree. And, and, and for Ethan Page, I think they're both great. But yeah, this and, doesn't work. No. And and the thing is, Page, Page, like Scorpio is not a great talker, but I think Page can talk. But it's like having Lambert be this mouthpiece who I don't think is better than either of them. Is and, and it's still well, Lambert's it's, better than Scorpio, I would say. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. But like Lambert and Page make a lot more sense than Lambert and these other two guys. You know, Lambert is, it's its weird. Lambert is good if you're in a mood. Like, if you're in a certain yeah. mood, you can yeah. enjoy him. And sometimes I'm just like, ew. Like, a lot of times when he talks, I'm like, ew, what are you doing? Uh, but then there's times where I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. It's, it's, uh, but he's always saying the same shit. And it's kind of, yeah, he, he's got to go. There's a few people that got to disappear. Yes. Uh, one of those people I think is disappearing based on Dynamite is uh, Akaro Shida. Uh, this, when they announced this match, I'm like, it's a street fight. It's the blow off for the feud. There's no way Shida's losing since she's the baby face. And then she lost clean. Uh, they need that's people in, for Rosa. That's I know they need people for Rosa, but that's kind of, I mean, it just kind of sucks that she's gone. What was great was Jim Ross on commentary and Excalibur saving Jim Ross's career when he's trying to be like, you know, Sheeta seems to really have adjusted to being in America with the way she's <laughs> dressed. And Excalibur's like, well, she lives here, Jim. Well, that's, that's good. It was so fucking like, he was three seconds away from talking about Pearl Harbor and Excalibur yeah, saved God. him. Yeah. Um, MJF uh, in the back calling Cass. Uh, I guess they heard we're roasting Enzo and they want to make these guys relevant again. So good for that. Uh, the worst part of the House of Black segment among the many things was watching Phoenix try to swing a shovel was so awkward because he was clearly trying not to hit anybody. And it's the one time they were not being reckless and it just looked goofy and weird. Uh, there was a Swerve Darby thing promoting their Rampage match that made no sense and further killed Swerve dead. Uh, he's a baby face. Darby's a bigger baby face. Swerve's like, it's Swerve's house. Darby's like, no, it's not, bitch. This is my house. Uh, you know, it was it was very awkward because it absolutely buried Swerve. And, and we ran these guys against each other in MLW. They had fantastic matches. I don't know how the match in Rampage is. Don't worry, we're not giving the spoilers. I'm not going to give you the spoilers on Rampage because I didn't care enough to look it up. But like to just kind of do it as a throwaway and then make Swerve look lesser than sucks uh, for him. Uh, speaking of sucking, the the super elite against a bunch of random nobodies. Uh, Dante Martin, again, shouldn't be in this muck and mire with these people. And you already had Blackpool in a, in a squash match and then these guys in a squash match. That was the thing that AEW really didn't seem to do. And then it's kind of here. Uh, that fireball looks so cheesy and corny when uh, they threw it at Eddie. Uh, he tried to sell Ruby it. Ruby Soho's new character is Medic, by the way. Yeah, Mike, she did you like up. the fireball at least? Come on, magic. Defend the magic. Michael, the fireball. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it didn't It didn't work. Uh, the Scorpio-Sammy match, like Scott, I wasn't really looking forward to it. I thought they did some inventive spots, the women doing the piggyback 
on them when they're trying to climb up the ladder or something I, I've never seen before. The barbed wire ladder was a little confusing. Like, why is there a ladder with barbed wire? But they 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 did it. They did like I think they did a little too many. They had too many false finishes on this. There were like three or four different times where it's like, this is it. This is oh no, it's not. When there was the last two minutes. Uh, but yeah, Scorpio won. It was a feel good moment, and he's going to be boring. And I'm really excited for him and Frankie Kazarian to defend for the TNT title on AEW dark elevation uh, Lambert as a babyface doesn't work because he said so many incendiary heel things that are kind of unforgivable because they're super misogynistic and sexist and uncomfortable. And now the crowd's cheering him for it. It feels, it feels weird. Uh, and then the last thing is the, the super elite feel like they're going nowhere and it's a waste of time. They need to bring Kenny Omega back in a wheelchair like Bret Hart when it was the Canadian thing. Cause I think that would be fantastic. Him in a suit with the, with the cast, just talking shit in a, in a wheelchair with Brandon Cutler pushing him would be absolutely (laughs) fantastic. And a great use of Kenny. Uh, Instead, everyone just feels directionless. It's like, you think back to the last pay-per-view we were talking about, there are so many matches that could main event. And then they went with Adam Cole and Hangman. but it's like you had a bunch of stuff with heat. And now Everything feels incredibly lesser than, uh, and then didn't bother to really mention the the New Japan feud. That was the biggest announcement in the history of television, bro. Dude, they got this pay-per-view to sell, and then they got a whole month to sell that one. They, they, they just needed to announce the ticket. They needed to announce it so people could buy the tickets. This is helping. Yeah, come on, boys. Let's get technical. Video, come on, numbers, me, guys. Video Let's crunch some numbers. Let's. How get do we sell a, tickets, boys? Give me a package. Let's get all technical. Let's put our ties on. Isn't that how you how you sell out an arena? You have to I, advertise it first. And God, I think you I think you sell tickets to it by jobbing Suzuki and Ishii. <laughs> well, we'll see, right? We'll see how quickly it sells out. Does, Kenny has to come back for that, right? Like they wouldn't be. Doing I would like it. to see him there. He'll come back, but it won't be for a match. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. Why do this if that's not the case? He seems like the centerpiece of it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see. Because, Michael, all the New Japan stars are stars. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be evil in the main event, and it's going to be the best (laughs) show ever. It's going to be I'm I'm assuming they have Okada and and Naito, which will be a big deal for those fans. Okada's girlfriend's uh, birthday is on that day. Yeah, What did you say? Okada's birthday is that day? Okada's uh, girlfriend's birthday is apparently on that day. Oh, I heard that from Dave. All right. Because he would know. <laughs> that is so great. Shortest episode ever. Number three, high spot was... He spot was in the bushes when he asked her out. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the one day that Okada doesn't text him back. So that, that <laughs> Gotta be his anniversary. Definitely Dude, that his would anniversary. Be, I would love to see the rom-com of like Okada meeting this girl for the first time, learning how to love, and Meltzer being his like little brother that he has to bring around <laughs> oh it would be amazing they're in matching suits like rain man but they're both yeah, wearing like the rainmaker rain jacket yeah. yeah he's if they did rain man but with okada as tom cruise that would be the greatest fucking movie ever i would um, I, I would love to see a day where scotty Meltzer reviews wrestling and dave tries to juggle <laughs> oh man he's got to juggle all those uh you hear him every weekend he's like oh i gotta watch this i gotta watch this i gotta watch that what about yeah. your kids? Don't have to watch them. No, they don't. They, 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 they stay as far away as possible. I'll never not be weirded out by the fact that man has children. 
Well, you know, I mean, the same thing as kids think. You, <laughs> you think they? Teach I don't know what they look like, but bicycle, they talk like right? the minions, probably, right? I feel like one of them has Dax's haircut and the other has Wheeler's. <laughs> I just feel bad. Like those kids, at some point, there had to be career day. And it's like, so what does your dad do for a living? Oh, he's a doctor. He's a lawyer. What does your dad do? My dad watches pro wrestling and writes about it in a newsletter that he then prints out and mails hey, by look. hand. Dave, well, Dave Meltzer is what would happen if Adam Lanza was a success story. <laughs> the thing is, is he's the coolest dad at, at, uh, at those things at first. And then it's the year where it all goes bad, you know? <laughs> no, it's, it, it's, no, he's not even the coolest dad because he's like yeah. little kids are going to at the party. And it's like, I hear you like wrestling. I love Hulk Hogan. Well, I'm going to tell you 45 reasons why Hogan is not the best. Yeah. Yeah, it turns into like, whoa, can your dad uh, show us like this video of whatever? Can he get us tickets to this? To like, I heard your dad's a pervert. (laughs) The fuck away from my car, bitch. He also goes on a a kid's Instagram the following Monday. It's like, there weren't 25 people at your birthday party. There was only 18. (laughs) What is your dad why does your dad keep stuffing his shirt into his sweatpants, weirdo? <laughs> Why does your dad bring around that lesbian in the in the hairband? <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's get the high spot, low spot. I thought we'll... this was the roast of Meltzer. What just happened? Uh, here? Dude, Meltzer just like Whoa. stares at the football field at night, and they're like, "You never went here, idiot." <laughs> <laughs> He's like thinking of memories, looking at the football field. No, but uh, Phil Lafont played there in, the, in high school, and then he uh, he went on to main he was, event. He was really excited because he got recognized at the College of Santa Cruz as a famous alumni. Him and Margot Kidder. So. Boy, there's something in the water there. Yeah. I don't know. It's also where the Big Ed Kemper serial killer is from. All right, let's get to high spot, low spot. Robert, what's your high spot, low spot for the week? Uh, my high spot this week was the, the 20th anniversary of Randy Orton. Uh, it was great to see his promo on Raw and, uh, and, and the genuine just joy and happiness that dude seems to have uh, with this. Uh, it's it's crazy to think about the the longevity he's had, the diversity of the of the career, and the fact that after all this time, he's now on this upswing where people really appreciate what he's doing. I feel like the same thing happened with Cena, where they look back and they're like, "Oh, this guy was was good," and and we can appreciate what he's doing. So that's always uh, that's always a plus. Uh, low spot. Uh, I don't know. This was a weird low spot, but Omos uh, was on like with the WWE's podcast and he told this really compelling, harrowing story about, you know, growing up incredibly poor in Africa and not having electricity and then becoming a basketball star to elevate himself out of poverty, only to find out that he had all these brain tumors and he overcame all that. And now he's supposed to be the, the top heel. It, it was just a weird miscalculation of this really amazing human interest story. But yeah, we got to boo this guy because he's a piece of shit because he's going up against Lashley. Mike, high spot, low spot. All right. My high spot was uh, I went to uh, our buddy Ed Larson's bachelor party uh, and we saw Alice Cooper and the guitarist was Nita Strauss who accompanied uh, Nakamura in uh, WrestleMania 34, and oh, that's uh, awesome. That show was fucking. I mean, I, I didn't know many Alice Cooper songs, but 
That dude's been doing that same thing for 50 years, and it is such a well-oiled machine. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to, and she was amazing. Well, there's that song from Wayne's World. and yeah. Frankenstein, yeah. Feed that's, that's, yeah. Frankenstein. Yep. Yeah, he opened with it, and then there's like a giant Frankenstein puppet. It fucking ruled. Yeah, and I got a buddy who spot, would like follow him around on tour all the time. My, my, my low spot <laughs> is those Lacey Evans promos. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep Friday night. <laughs> And I, I, I watched all three, and they are so misguided. They're, there's so much of what's wrong with current WWE and production where it's like she she's sincerely talking about her life, but she's standing behind this, like, glossy, like, performance center. You know, like, it's like a, a backdrop, like a green screen. And she clearly seems like she's reading off of a teleprompter even though it's her own harrowing life story. And it just doesn't work because there's a disconnection there. I like the idea of it. And I mean, Robert, like you said, with almost like, I mean, remember like the first time Hobbs wrestled and they told Hobbs a story about him and his brother wanting to be wrestlers and the brother got killed and he's living his dream for his brother and has been a heel for the last two years. <laughs> it's like this, this just doesn't, this just doesn't work. And also, like, she's talking about, like, like living in a trailer park and, and being poor and abusive, you know, dad and stepdad and stuff. I'm like, is this just Vince McMahon's childhood? I feel like she's just <laughs> talking about Vinnie Lupton. Well, what makes it even better is she's telling this harrowing story while dressed the way that she's dressed. Yeah. Like she that. looks like a stripper who's about to go on stage. <laughs> and it's very disorienting when, when you're telling this, uh, this story. Like my wife saw the first one and at first she thought it was a joke. She's like, look at what this, she's wearing this like low cut shirt. That's like barely, uh, barely there. It looks ridiculous. My hope is there's going to be some, Amish. Yes. Th- my hope is that there's going to be someone they bring in. <laughs> To play her dad because he's the best heel ever and like that's the big payoff just get mrs dad we don't remember what he looks like whoever remembers <laughs> what mrs dad looks like i just I, I think too it's just one of those like things where if she was good at telling the story it would mean some it, it's so weird because it's like i know that she's telling the truth but i'm doubting everything she's saying because of the way that it's filmed <laughs> Well, Mike hates hard luck stories. Scott, what's your high spot, low spot for the week? <laughs> Man, my high spot is the Bret Hart, r- the rumored Bret Hart situation. <laughs> where, where, so, uh, you know, FTR has been teasing that Bret Hart might be their manager or might be coming to AEW. Uh, even the Young Bucks cut a promo backstage and the lights behind them were pink and they mentioned the best there is, or, you know, in, in a way they, they were hinting at Bret Hart, and what that did was make Bret Hart's value go up. And now they're holding a tournament for his brother. Yes, AEW is. Um, but WWE realized that he could have gone there, and they offered him a bunch of money to, I don't know quite what, probably not to be an on-screen person, uh, just to kind of sit at home, maybe. And he took it. And I think that's cool. I mean, he should, you know. I think he's I think got a show coming out for him, like a podcast or something. Oh, wow. Okay. And, I oh, would fucking God. love to hear and, that podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. And I heard this FDR interview where, you know, they're. And it's kind of true. They they made him money like they are, you know, CM Punk and FTR. They are such fans of Bret Hart 
that they were begging him to come to a company that he wasn't a part of, and it made WWE pay him a bunch of money that he was not going to be paid previous to this. Well, what made this even uglier is like Brett said, no one from AEW contacted me about appearing. And on top of which, you know, I, I he's like, I don't think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wanted there because of the friction between me and, and, uh, and, and Owen's wife that, you know, it's just, things are still, That's still not real. Good. That's still real. So it, it, that was why I said it cast a shadow over that cash and Dax thing. Cause it's like, this felt like it was going on a really fun, happy trajectory. And all I kept thinking of was, you know, Martha not wanting anything really to do with Brett and then him not being invited to this tournament in his brother's name and just a lot of the ugliness that's that's surrounding it. So maybe this WWE thing helps him save face as well to say, look, I, I even if I want to be there, I can't because I'm, I'm under contract and and doing what's right for me and my family. I have a question. Yeah, feels like is is the whole FTR thing like originally it was like we're Southern guys, we like old Southern wrestling. Is it fine that now it's just we like all old wrestling? Well, was it Southern? I thought it was just like NWA wrestling, you know, which is Southern wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess you're right. Um, they, With Tony yeah, they and stuff on Brett, really. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it was more of like a cornet thing. What was your low spot this week, Scott? You know, and 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 I know this is going to sound cheap, but I uh, finally got to have a busy week, and I think all of us are starting to get busier with the weather getting nicer and the COVID feels like it's kind of over, right? I don't know. Fingers crossed. <laughs> sorry, Hangman. Yeah, I'm sorry. As Mike. Mike's on his deathbed, but yeah, um, <laughs> I did. I did start choking during my Scorpio Sky talk, and I was like, "Is this worth me dying for?" I mean, look, folks. I That's mean, actually what happened to Dan Lambert's if you, voice. If you know anything about Mike's habit, this could literally be one of a hundred things. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it could be. It could be just, just normal. You know, indigestion. Who the fuck knows? He has like an action figure's to- uh, gun stuck in his throat. <laughs> My what stomach just looks eating? like the operation game board. <laughs> but wait, wait. So I do not have a low spot because I enjoyed my week so much that I like didn't really necessarily pay attention to wrestling other than when I watched wrestling. And goddamn, is that nice? I recommend some people do that other than listen to this podcast. It's just uh, avoid wrestling for a little bit, watch wrestling, and then hear us talk about wrestling. Don't let them know there's another life. Don't. I know, damn it. I might have fucked up, but it you felt good. You our listenership. No, no, Scott, we're, we're part of their life. Like, we're, we're Forbidden Doors, we're your friends. You, Dude, you're, not you're thinking about Dynamite and then watching Dynamite, it makes it even better. This casual fan, man, they're going to be thrilled. Well... High spot for me. Uh, we just got an awesome wrestling schedule coming up. We got Double or Nothing, Forbidden Door, the Cardiff event for WWE is going to be amazing. Not to mention G1, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam. So, hey, you know, Dan, Cardiff, to- we're getting Tyson Fury versus Drew McIntyre, maybe, right? That's that's the rumor. I mean, they also, there's the rumor it's Roman versus Drew, and then you have Drew go over, which would be a huge fucking moment. I mean, you eventually have to put it back on Roman again, but that would yeah, be a huge for a moment. bunch of fucking Brits. What about us, huh? <laughs> Low spot. I've got two, man. One is Edge's stable is now being called Judgment Day, yes. and I'm like, this is so. This is like 
these are like the guys Daria made fun of. You know what I mean? Like this is becoming <laughs> like close to the worst super, which is hard. I mean, like I always thought it was Dark Order, but Dark Order at least like kind of figured out what it was. I think Judgment Day may be the worst supernatural stable ever. I mean, I I, I don't know, but you know, it's it's rough, man. They all I haven't watched like, any of it. I, I I'm gonna watch. Ugh. I'm gonna watch some. Uh, Dude, and, it's and it's we'll like they don't have like week. the self esteem to pull off a school shooting. Like that's what please, it just please, feels please like. don't watch it. The yeah, Scott. The problem is they don't know what the hell Judgment Day is. So Edge, bless his heart, is just floundering. It was spooky well, I, I and think then it was why it hit it so bad is because like you expect pretty good shit from edge even in wwe but this is and all this is just sweat. such a bomb man it was it was supernatural and then it was supernatural combined with we're going to logically explain why we're doing what we're doing and now there's an element of we're going to insult your local sports team for cheap heel heat it's just it's three things in oh, one. Oh, I saw that. No, I did see that. That was so corny. Yeah, he's like brooding and it's like blue lights and he's being all serious, but then he just makes fun of a hockey team or something. Well, yes. I think I think I think a part of it is because <laughs> they don't have anyone with a scary name like Buddy Matthews. <laughs> this is this is this is my Butch. thought on it. Can we admit the brood is overrated? Well, no, no, no. Listen, Gangrel. No, because I just, I just told you about this stable. The, and like, I, the the Brood looks like the NWO black and white compared to this shit. But Dude, I feel like I said this recently, but the only reason Edge and Christian got to move past the Brood was because they weren't good at it. Gangrel was so good at being a vampire that every time we saw him, we were like, "You're a fucking vampire. You're, you're never not going to be a vampire." Yeah, and then he, and then he, real life filed his fangs so that he could only be a vampire. Well, hey, you know? <laughs> hey, man, you gotta protect that gimmick. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, it's creepy, because I'm, 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 fa- I'm Facebook friends with Gangrel, so there's pictures of him, like, hanging out with his grandchildren, but he still looks like Gangrel, like, on a playground. It's really, un- it's more terrifying than Judgment Day, but it could be worse. They could have been named Great Balls of Fire. It's true. He came yeah. off so well in the um, Dark Side of the Ring Luna episode. Yeah, I, told you, I saw great. him wrestle for like 18 minutes. Oh, uh, that, that should be a low spot. That, uh, as of now, Vice has not renewed a new season of Dark Side of the Ring. Ooh, so uh, I got to find this. Missy Hyatt tweeted while we were talking about Dark Side. Um, and this is she suggested a, a new um, Dark Side. Okay, how about for Dark Side of the Ring? Jerry Lawler selling USWA and convincing the buyer that it was worth millions even had Vince McMahon vouch for Lawler within weeks. The new owner was making pennies. He tried suing Lawler and the judge told Jerry to settle, but Jerry got a not guilty. She's just talking shit about Lawler. Hell yeah. But also is that the Lawler episode you're going to do? Yeah. <laughs> That's really, it, knows. Yeah. It's, the, it's the Roddy Piper feud. At King right. Of the ring. We're, yeah. We're, um, we're going to do a Benoit episode, but it's just about his jump to the WWF. It's just about, about how radical. he wasn't as that great of a horseman. <laughs> he was a good horseman. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> another low spot for me. I, I just want to. They had a Suzuki QT Marshall match on Dark, and QT got way too much fucking offense. There was one really awesome part where Suzuki like slapped him down, but I was like, I just thought this was going to be a mauling. Um, yeah, you know one thing that's pretty wild about AEW? QT trains so many of the young people there that when these guys get great and blow up, 
there's always going to be a moment of like, I was your trainer. And you're like, oh, no, QT's got a feud with the guy we like because he because he ran the ropes with him a few times. So we're yeah. running the risk of liking uh, Nick Camarado or big <laughs> shoddy Lee Johnson or Brock no, I Anderson. It, I, I, I think like, you know, like or Aaron Solo on everything. You know, kind of an interesting debate. Who do you think the do you think the worst of WWE is worse than the worst of AEW, or do you think the worst of AEW is worse than the worst of WWE? Worst of AEW because they are they, their whole shtick is we're giving the fans exactly what they want, and Nick and and Tony Khan like is self aware enough and reads the internet that he shouldn't be doing things that's absolutely terrible. This is, WWE. Abusive. this is like if you have kids and you're like, well, AEW should know better. And that's why you're grounded. And WWE <laughs> they, gets to they go out. They should know okay? better. WWE is, it's, it's a publicly <laughs> traded company run by a lunatic. But yeah, it, forever. They should know better. Yes. Although, though Ryback did say that, you know, Vince's uh, shit is coming up. So, you know, your day of reckoning is coming, according to Ryback. Ryback's digging a hole into Vince's backyard right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> if there's I'll one thing we know, there. if we know anything about Ryback, he has the he has his fingers firmly uh, placed on the pulse of America. Um, I, I will say, I think that I, I agree with Robert. I think the worst of AW only because there isn't an editor or filter. And so the wrestlers get to do exactly what they want a lot of times. And. I think the best of AEW is by far better than the best of WWE, but I think there are segments like that Brandy Lambert segment. I can't even see WWE ever airing something like. I don't know, man. You got to see that double wedding. From to like, me, it feels so botchamania that I never quite mind too much. Yeah. All right, well, folks, uh, that's our episode this week. Next week, we're back with the roast of May Young. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, that's right. All right. Oh my and, goodness. Uh, okay. if you're, Wait, because if you're, of May? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, and guys, five dollars, <laughs> you're gonna get the roast of Michael Cole, which we're gonna be recording after this. So uh anybody got anything to plug before we head out? The roast of Michael Cole and all of our other roasts. We got yeah. so many great roasts on the Meltzer. We, we mentioned Meltzer, he's in there, and Teddy Hart and Lesnar. Uh, Lesnar yeah, Punk. There's a lot of really great ones. So, oh, also, this is a low spot now for me. Uh, Oscar came back this week, and no, nobody bothered even remotely mention her. So, oh, that's that fucked sucks. up. I was happy about that. I, I was happy that. about I was, it too. I, was, I just I realized that like, was a good return. I, I actually thought that was a pretty good return. It was a good return, but it was just so it happened, and we kind of already forgot about Dude, there's it. There's just so much wrestling now, man. Um, what do you got to promote, Robert? Uh, follow me on Twitter, WWE Creative underscore ISH. Something to sports entertainment with breaking down uh, the entirety of Raw, where I did talk about the uh, the Oscar return and, and everything else leading up to WrestleMania backlash. Um, I'm going to promote uh, guys. I'm, I'm on uh, Instagram, Dan St. Germain. I uh, post I'm posting a lot of my reels up there. So check that out. I'm at the this comes out today. So tonight I'm in Glen Falls, New York, uh, doing a headlining set. My first headlining set. Since fucking probably uh, Poughkeepsie, the last year, so almost like a year. Um, and uh, I'm also going to be on Malcolm Bivens' show, NXT's Malcolm Bivens. What's uh, NXT? Oh, sorry. Uh, NXT 2.0, Malcolm Bivens at the stand uh, next week. Uh, this coming Thursday, I'm at the seven o'clock show. So, oh, that is that, be- it's, it's Thursday at the seven? 
Yeah, so that's oh, so be... we got to reschedule the recording and everything for goddamn Malcolm Bivens. <laughs> well, we were talking about it before here, um, but yeah, we'll get into it. Um, yeah, uh, Mike and Scott, uh, Scott underscore Chaplin on Twitter and Instagram, and go on Pro Wrestling Tees and buy uh, some of our merch. And uh, Mike Lawrence Comedy on Instagram and. Um... I often interact with folks on the Facebook page. Uh, go to our Facebook page and also give us a five-star review. We really need it. Uh, we we don't have that many reviews for the amount of people that listen. And just pretend you're Meltzer and give five stars, even if you don't care about it. Yeah, please, guys. <laughs> uh, Zach? Wash your hands. <laughs>